we are wrapping up uh, this series and then we're going into two weeks where that's going to begin to prepare us for Easter, the Easter season. Can you imagine? Um, it's already here upon us. And so we invite you back over the next two weeks and then we're going to have Easter weekend here at the Bridge Church. We have Good Friday service, which is going to be on the 7th, that Friday night at 630. And then we have two services for Easter, 9 o'clock and 1045 on Easter Sunday. And so we're going to be talking a little bit more about that as it comes up. But just wanted to go ahead and put that uh, bug in your ear and let you know about what's going on here in the next uh, few weeks. And uh, we believe that God's going to do some incredible things. And I always pray about a theme for Easter because we're, we're praying about a theme. What is uh, obviously we know the theme is the resurrected Savior, right? Uh, but each time we kind of hone in on a piece of what that means for us. And I really just felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me towards freedom and that we have the resurrection of Christ has given us freedom in Christ. And so begin to I, my ask uh, for the church is let's pray together uh, because uh, we just talked about this morning and all throughout the weeks. There's a lot going on in the world today. Right. And people need freedom and the freedom that we have in Christ. And so uh, just be praying that God would move and stir hearts and draw people in and uh, that God would even uh, embolden our hearts as we invite and connect with people in our community. Uh, as we jump into that. So uh, let me pray for us, ask God to speak to our hearts, and then we're going to jump right in. Does that sound good? Very good. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your truth. God, we praise you. And uh, God, I, I know that uh, there are many people that walked in today just carrying a heavy load. God, and I just pray that over the next few moments we can take that and just lay it at your feet. God, I pray that you do what only you can do, and that is change hearts, change lives, lift our spirits, God, and breathe life and hope and truth into our minds and into our hearts, God. I pray that you would give us supernatural strength for these moments and for this season. God, I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. And I pray that your word speaks to us today. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Well, uh, the Beatitudes, uh, I love what Jacob said last week. He said, it's almost like I got another patch, right, or another badge. And we talked about agent of mercy. And the Beatitudes are those identifiers as Christians that God has called us to. We almost like we receive a, all these badges, these marks as a Christian, these core values as a Christian. And we talked about different things of hunger and thirst for righteousness. Right. And we want to pursue God and pursue holiness. And then today we're talking about a particular one. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. And uh, this is a this is a big one here. And the first four Beatitudes are very internal, heart focused. And then the last four really take a turn and they start talking about how all of that internal change goes outward into our relationships around us. And so we're going to jump into that. But to help us kind of get a picture of What's happening here is uh, I remember when I first got married, we've been married almost 13 years now, and um, I, I was sitting there, I think I was watching a Braves game. It's funny how you remember stuff, right? I'm watching a Braves game, and I'm sitting on the couch, and uh, she's telling me something or telling me a story uh, that I think happened at work or whatever that may be, and I had like 
my, my good ears on, you know. So I was like, I, I really honestly, I wasn't even listening. And so I'm watching, I'm zoned into the Braves game. I'm watching this, and which is funny, I don't really watch the Braves anymore. But I'm watching the Braves, and she's trying to talk to me. And she, I, I can hear that she's talking, but I'm not really processing what's going on. I don't know if you've ever been there before. Uh, but all of a sudden, she can tell I'm not listening. We've been married long enough now. She knows when I'm not listening. And my daughter is funny, because what my daughter do will do now is she'll grab my face, and she'll pull me in and say, Dad. I'm like, what, what? Um, it's anyway, but she notices I wasn't listening. So she walks over and she tells me again, and she, she knows I'm, I'm not still not listening. So she walks over and stands in front of me and the TV and kind of, you know, in between us. And this is what I do. I'm sitting here watching and I'm so logged in. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I lean over and watch it. And of course that didn't go over real well. Um, but finally we logged in there. But that story makes me laugh and uh, about the early years of marriage. I've, I've grown a lot smarter since then. But um, in that moment, that's what I think about that happens with us in life is that conflict happens. And sometimes it happens and we don't even realize, like, how did this happen? Right. Like, how did we get to this point? How did we have these conversations, right? Or how did uh, that person hurt me? Or how did I hurt them? And, uh, and especially now, I would say over the last probably 10 to 15 years, it's very easy to be distracted from maybe some relational conflict, right? Because something could be going on, but then I could just jump right back into life and going to work and taking care of this and being on my phone and watching it, right? And it's so easy to kind of be lured away from resolving what that conflict can look like. But I don't believe I have to argue with you uh, that when you're in conflict, it's pretty heavy, right? Like you can just feel it like the weight of that conflict, the weight of wrestling with that. And then you, like I said, you make and forget about it for a moment. But then maybe that person comes to mind and those same feelings start to rear up again, right? Like you just feel that again. Or maybe you see them or somebody says something about their name and it triggers it in your mind. And you just kind of feel this, this weight come back on you. This, this unsettledness, these emotions begin to emerge right back up, right? And then we got to figure out what to do with all of this. Because if we don't properly handle this, we don't look to God and look to uh, godly counsel and wisdom. And if we don't uh, go through the right routes, it can get real heavy and start to cause bitterness. It can start to cause anger. And just like if you were to take a piece of fruit and you were to leave it on your kitchen counter and it's in a bowl and that one piece of fruit starts to rot. What's going to happen if you just leave it there? It's going to leak into all the other pieces of fruit, right? Even though the bottom fruit was still good, right? That relationship was still good. But if we just leave it to fester, it'll just grow and grow and grow. And all of a sudden, it'll leak into other relationships as well. It'll leak into other areas of our life because the bitterness, that's what the Bible teaches us. That bitterness says if you let it go, when it runs rampant, it gives birth to death, right? It, it's the sin. And as the sin grows and escalates, it, it begins to leak into those areas. And so you and I are left with a situation of going, what do we do? How do we wrestle with this? How do we properly handle this? And Jesus being so good when he is teaching the Sermon on the Mount, the most the greatest sermon to ever be taught here in Matthew chapter five, he starts to go down all of this huge list of here's what I want my people to look like. Here's a roadmap of how anyone can find Christians and and people can understand what they are marked by, what their core values are. And then he gets to 
the end, right? Last week we talked about blessed are the merciful, right? For they will be shown mercy. And then, then he goes in and he goes, not only are they, will they be marked by mercy and agents of mercy, but yet blessed are the peacemakers. And if you're joining us here uh, and just jumping into this series, that word blessed, it translates as happy, right? But for you and I, we may have a different term for happy because I think in our culture, happiness is really more individualistic. You know, it's more of this makes me happier. This person makes this me happy when really this really translate better as as joy. Right. Like I, I can receive the blessing of God, which is joy, which is peace, which is hope. And so when I live this way, I'm experiencing these things in my life. And that's what he's talking about. Blessed are the peacemakers. And this is the funny thing, because we, we see that he's not he's talking about a couple different layered relationships here. And the first layer that he wants you and I to understand is, is that you and I are called to be peacemakers between us and God. Right. The first layer, God wants to make peace with us in our relationship with him, that we receive his peace. And I want to show you this here real quickly in Romans 5, 1. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever been wrestling with God before? Like you're just wrestling with him, right? Like kind of Jacob in the Old Testament, like you're just wrestling with God. God, I need this from you. Why is this not happening? And you just feel like or maybe you're you have a habit or something in your life that you keep returning to or keep thinking about. And you're just wrestling with God and and you feel like you really don't have peace with God. And how even that starts to wane on you, right? I'm going, I, I just feel like, man, God or not, we, we have this unsettled nature between us. And God is going, no, I want you first to have peace with me. And he says, the first route is when you enter into a relationship with me, it is by your faith. You place your faith in Jesus. And then because of Jesus, we are made righteous, right? Not because of our righteous acts, but because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And now I am set free. And now because of Jesus, I have peace with God. That's why Romans 8 1 says, for there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? Not because of you and I are good, but because Jesus is good and we placed our faith in him. And anytime we feel that unsettledness between us and God, we need to return back to that truth, right? Return back to finding our peace in God. And, and we're, we're kind of leaving the lies and returning back to Christ of going, this is the truth. This is the word of God, right? This is it. And then because God is, is so rich in mercy and he gives us all of this purpose and hope, he's saying that horizontal, that uh, vertical relationship is going to immediately attach to all the horizontal relationships. So not only are you going to have peace with God, but now I want you to be a peace maker right a peacemaker i want you to have this active approach of looking for peace and and um if we were to have a conversation we're sitting down having a cup of coffee i love coffee i don't know if you love coffee maybe you're having a juice or tea but uh, we're sitting down we're having a conversation and we're talking about the world today and you were like, you know, I just feel like we, we, we need something in the world today. We need this, this moment to happen. And, and right now in 2023, right, the last five years, what would you say the world needs more of? I would argue peacemakers, right? Like we need 
peacemakers, right? We need somebody who is driven, who has this active approach of not just sitting back, but going, I'm stepping forward into this peace. And to really help us understand this, it's here in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I, and I know there's a lot of layered tension here. We're going to address uh, hopefully majority of that before we close today. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 20, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That's good news right there. That's worth the wait of coming to church today, right? Um, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of what? Reconciliation, right? That himself, that himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. There's a huge theme there, right? Second Corinthians 5 17 is probably one of the more popular verses, right? That we read a lot. But when we look down in these other verses, there is a power packed purpose in that, right? Therefore, if we are in Christ, we are a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. That is good news for each and every Christian that is here today, that God has redeemed my past. I shared some of my testimony last week and we see that God changed me, redeemed me. He reconciled me back to God, right? And then he doesn't stop there. He says, all this is from God, not from me, not from you, but all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us, this is it right here, the ministry of reconciliation. He's saying that you and I, now that we have been reconciled to Christ, we now have a ministry, right? Everybody in this room who is saved by the grace of God has a ministry. Can you imagine? Like, I almost today made a big deal of like, this is a commissioning service. Like, this is it. Everybody's getting commissioned, right? But I want it to have that feel. I want it to have that vibe, right? Because what this piece of scripture is saying that every single Christian has a ministry. And he is saying your ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. And that reconciliation is between people and God. And we are called to be the peacemakers who are standing in the gap, right? Between us, we are the bridge. We're standing in between, right? And we're trying to show people you can have peace with God. The wrestling that you're feeling right now, the anger, the bitterness, the all of that that you're feeling right now, you can have peace and you can have peace with God and he can take all of that and he can reconcile it. He can take all of your past and make you new. He can take all of your. He's the only one. Right. Because he took a cross. Right. A, a instrument of execution and he turned it into something beautiful. Now that when we see the cross, we lift our hands and praise and worship because of what Jesus did. Only God can do that. Right. He can take something that is terrible and a tragedy. And he's saying, I will work all things out for my glory. And even though right now it may not seem like it. But God is saying, I want you to walk by faith and not by sight. And we see this truth begin, this ministry of reconciliation, these, these peacemakers who stand in the gap. But then he gives us this title, right? 
almost another badge. You guys are getting all these badges. I know you're excited. Uh, agent of mercy, peacemaker. And then he gives us another one here. And I love this terminology that he uses. And he says this. He says that um, the message working. So therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. And I love that word ambassador. If you look at the definition, it says an accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. And they use that same word to define you and I, because when we come to know Christ, we are no longer of this world, right? We're still living in it, right? But we have a new home. We are a new creation. We are heaven bound and heaven word. That is our home, right? And that is where we are called to be. And now we're living almost in this foreign country, but not on our own, but as ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven, right? We are ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven. You are an ambassador for the kingdom of heaven. Every single day. You're getting ready to walk out here on Sunday. We are ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven. Your job title, your role is the ministry of reconciliation, right? Like we got a job title and everything. Look at that. We, we are ambassadors in Christ. And I work for the kingdom of heaven. I, I love that on my profile, on my Instagram. That means it's real. But anyway, uh, I, the servant, right? I, I'm honored to work for the king. Not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a Christian. Right. It doesn't matter what my title and my role is. And this is what I really felt heavy on this week is because sometimes, especially in my role, you can look at a religious leader or a pastor or, you know, a traveling evangelist who's on TV. You can look at Billy Graham, who uh, in the 70s and 80s and 90s, you just millions and millions of people coming to know Christ. Right. And then we look at our life and go, oh, I just wish I could be like that. I just wish I had a ministry like that. But when you get to heaven and I get to heaven, God is going to look at us and he's not going to look at the millions of millions and millions. He's looking at faithfulness. He's looking at obedience. He is saying you as a stay at home mom have the same faithfulness as Billy Graham. Feel that? Like the same, the ministry of reconciliation right there in your home to your kids is just as important to the kingdom of heaven as Billy Graham standing on stage beating and uh, hundreds of people coming down the aisle because you are in the same uh, sphere of faithfulness of going, I'm going to walk in obedience to God in my household right now. And you are the same as the ambassador of Christ as someone like a Billy Graham who walks in that moment, right? You have that same honor, that same responsibility, right? Every single day. You could be a teacher. You could be a nurse. You could be a cook. You could be um, uh, x-ray tech. You, whatever it may be, right? You could be in a season of retirement. Wherever you may be, you could be in the military. Wherever you are right now, you are an ambassador for Christ. And you have the same ministry of reconciliation all the way across the board. And we have that same responsibility, that same purpose, that same hope. Because you are an ambassador of heaven, right? We walk out of this place knowing that God has given us that power, right? Not because of who we are, because of who Jesus is, right? And we march out into the world. We march out into our homes, march out into our communities as ambassadors for Christ, standing in the middle, standing in the gap, trying to say, oh, look, you can have peace with God. You can be reconciled to him and I can help bring this moment together. And if you're taking notes, I'll just kind of sum it up in one statement. Every role is important and we can be faithful in every role of life. 
right? Every role is important. And so we see this ministry of reconciliation between us and God, and we're standing in the gap. And uh, we have teams that are getting ready to go to Honduras in April and in June. And we're going to go to Honduras, not as ambassadors of the United States of America. We're going as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, right? Because that's the place that we are represented. You're getting ready to walk into work on Monday as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. Maybe you're like, you know what, I'm going to write that on my mirror. I'm going to write that in my car. I'm going to write that whatever it is because we have that title, that, that, that commissioning service. I wish I'm going to bring everybody down. We're going to pray over you. We're going to commission out of here, right, as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, a ministry of reconciliation. And that changes how we view our daily life, right? It changes how we experience even our relationships and how we're connecting with people. And you're going, oh, I'm living here and I'm connecting with this person. And, and God can use every ounce of our connections, every ounce of our relationships in that. But then not only that, are we uh, called to be reconcilers between somebody and God. But God has called us to be peacemakers and reconciling others with others as well. How in the, the family of God, God is saying if there is this tension, this contention between other people, I, I want you to be the ones that... That are labeled as peacemakers, right? Because we're all human, right? And we're going to make mistakes, right? Amen. Everybody like I make mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes. And there's going to be a moment if we're together long enough where I'm probably going to offend you. Somebody else is going to do something right. Like it's going to happen. But God is saying we're a family. And families are marked, right? We have to work through that conflict. We have to work through that and be a peace. Maker, And I love this here in Romans 12, 18. He gives us a description here of what this looks like. And I want to take a moment and get really practical uh, on what that looks like with other people. And then we're going to close out the Beatitudes with the last portion there, the last section that he gives us here. Is everybody still okay? So good. So in Romans chapter 12, he says this, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Right. I love how the Bible can can cover every basis. Right. He's saying, look, if it is up to you. Right. If it is up to you as the peacemaker, so far as it depends on you, because we know relationships, you only control half of the equation. Right. It's you can only control your side of it. And God is saying, if it depends on you, then live peaceably with all. And he is saying there's going to be the other side of the relationship. We talked about this last week, right? Where if they don't change, then you can still forgive so that you're not bound by who they are or what they've done. But yet they, the, re, the relationship can't be fully reconciled because they haven't changed on their part, right? But as long as it depends on you, you can live peaceably. With those who are around us. And he is saying to take these steps. And if you're looking for. I'd love to give us a couple of practical steps. Because conflict's going to happen in our marriage. Conflict's going to happen with our kids. Conflict's going to happen inside the local church. Conflict can happen in small groups. Conflict can happen with our neighbors. Right? Like all of these pieces. Like conflict can happen. But Matthew 18 gives us an incredible approach. And for, for you and I as peacemakers. I'd love to give you four things. As we take this step of going. How do I be a peacemaker? What steps should I take? And the first one is that I would love for you and I to get is make the first move. Make the first move. Because a lot of times in conflict, we kind of we want to sit back, right, and almost be lured away from resolving that. Because unless you just like conflict and you're kind of a natural challenger, it's not fun, right? Like to step into that. But, you know, in order to receive 
health, right? Like if I go to the doctor, the moments where I need to change to get back healthy may not be fun. I got to change my diet or maybe even go into surgery or receive this medicine. It may not be fun, but in order to get healthy, I need to step into that, right? Because God is walking with us. But making the first move, right, of stepping in that. And a couple little side notes there is one thing that somebody told me at one point is, is maybe you hear something about someone or, and this can apply in multiple different situations, but at first on your level, assume the best. Assume the best, right? Like, because me, I I don't know about you, I can't superimpose who I am onto you, but for me, my mind goes all to the negative, right? Almost worst case scenario, like, boom, oh yeah, well, I'm about to show them, and I win every argument in my head, right? Like, I'm the king arguer, and so it's like, boom, I go to the worst, and we go down this rabbit trail, and here I am. Now I'm angry, I'm anxious, I'm worried, I'm upset, and all of these things and I have to reprogram my brain to go, oh, I heard this. Okay, but I'm going to assume the best. Okay, I'm just going to assume the best, right? I'm going to assume, like, let me have the conversation. Let me do this, right? But this, this is the important part, right? Another little side note here is ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. Stop and ask God. Say, God, this, I just got this information. I just, this happened to me, or uh, I saw this happen. God, I just need your wisdom on how to handle this. I'm responding in prayer first. God, help me in this situation. Help me to do this. And then Matthew 18 begins to take over, and it gives us these steps in order to handle conflict. And the thing that Matthew 18 tells us is to go to that person one-on-one first, right? To go to that person one-on-one. I'm assuming the best. I'm making the first move, and I'm going to go to them first one-on-one and go hey look this I just got this information and I just want to give it to you I'm assuming the best but can we talk through it what does this look like how's this going whatever that may be right like I'm giving them the opportunity because a lot of times we feel the tension right of uh, oh now I'm going to post this on Facebook or I'm going to do this or I'm going to uh, I'm going to call like 12 people and we're going to talk about it, all these things maybe you have one or two trusted people that are really close to you and you just want to get some wisdom on it but going to them one-on-one and Matthew 18 says that hey if a person sinned against you go to them one-on-one first right give them that that opportunity to begin to talk but then we all know sometimes it doesn't stop there right but then it says I want you to go back and I want you to get two or three trusted people right and begin to tell them the story then the two or three people you go to them and then you try to talk it out you try to walk it out bring in somebody else right but guess what sometimes that doesn't work right but you're giving this process, right? You're, you're, you're hoping for, as a peacemaker, your goal is peace, right? The goal is peace. But peace may not always mean the relationship is reconciled, right? But the goal is peace, right? But we know there's evil in the world. We know that people do sinful and broken things. And there's times where peace can't happen. But if it were up to me as a peacemaker, right, I'm taking the step forward, doing all that I can because the goal is peace, right? The goal to work towards is that. And then after that, after you walk through those process, then then you just have to give it to God. Right. You that's the moment where you go, you know what? I've done everything that I can and they're not changing or the situation is not changing. So I'm going to have to give this to God. Right. I'm going to have to give this and and allow that. And there's multiple layers of different uh, scenarios that can happen in there. But for you and I, on the most part, because we can feel these little pieces of contention and conflict that can happen in our marriage or in a relationship at work or in our family or with a neighbor. Right. And all of a sudden we let it escalate so quickly. But for you and I, if we would have just stopped for a moment to go, you know what? I'm going to have this one on one conversation. Right. 
I'm not going to go around and gossip, but I'm going to, my goal is peace. I am a peacemaker. I'm an ambassador for the kingdom of heaven, right? And we're going to try, the goal is for peace in this, right? And people begin to see how Christians operate and they go, wow, you're, you're in it for the building of the relationship, right? And because the world is what? Revenge. The world is cancel. The world is all of these things. But God is saying, I've given you the ministry of reconciliation, of walking in this peace, this wisdom that you and I can walk in. And then this is not easy, though, right? If we begin to look at the Beatitudes and we look at it almost like the Ten Commandments and you go, "Ooh, I fall short, right? Like this is too difficult. Or we look at these this list and we look at the world and go, God, I don't know. It's going to be so hard to walk in the world this way, right? It's going to be hard to identify as this. And Jesus knows and he closes these eight Beatitudes with this section right here. And this is good. And then we're going to close together and we're going to sing a song and uh, head out on our on this beautiful day. Right. So good. You guys still good. All right. So we get here in verse 10. This is how he closes the Beatitudes. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then these last verses kind of explain what he's talking about there. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. He's saying, blessed. He's like, okay, when you try to live from the kingdom of heaven, there are going to be moments and seasons in life where people don't understand it and they will slander your name. They will call you all kinds of things, right? You're trying to be a peacemaker, but yet because you're trying to live in righteousness and Jesus says, I want you to understand it's not because of you. It's because of me. Jesus is going, they persecuted me. So you're going to get persecuted as well. And this world is not your home. You operate on a different system than the world does and so you may uh, receive some persecution because of that you may experience some heartache we see this in the book of acts happened over and over again where they would pray over people and there's this one instance where uh, they prayed over a young lady who was healed and she was fortune telling and she was making these guys all kinds of money and the guys were upset about it that she could no longer do that because she was healed in christ and they drug them out and they whipped and beat them right then in acts chapter five This is crazy right here. You guys ready for this? You got your seatbelts on, leaned in. Acts chapter 5, the apostles are preaching in the temple. And they're preaching that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God. And he's giving them this message of life. So the Pharisees, the religious leaders, are upset, saying, well, you can't preach this out. You can't preach this in public. And they throw them in jail. Right. And so they're sitting in jail. They start praising and worshiping Jesus. Right. Because their faith is coming from God, not their situation or circumstance. Right. They're praising God in the prison cell. An angel comes, opens up the prison cell. They walk out of the jail and the angel looks at them. I love this. In Acts chapter five. And he says, I want you to be bold and continue preaching this message of life. I love that how the angel kind of goes, no, no, you're giving people life. He said, I want you to keep going, right? And so they wake up the next morning. They go back. They're in the temple, and they're preaching, and the religious leaders start meeting, right? They're like, oh, we arrested uh, these disciples last night, and they're like, you arrested some disciples? No, they're back in the temple. They're preaching about Jesus again, right? And they're like, are you kidding me? Right? So they pull them out. They're upset because they thought they were in prison, but the angels set them free and they went right back preaching again. Right. So they pull them out in the streets. They whip and they beat them. 
And then they leave him. They say, you have got to stop this. This is the wildest thing. This is where you need to buckle in. The disciples walk away rejoicing because they were persecuted for righteousness sake. They were saying, oh, my God, we're not taking this as this is a terrible thing that has happened to us, which it is. We're taking this because we're living righteously. We're living the way that God has called us to and we received such opposition. We know God is at work and they almost took the opposition as they, they were living into what God was calling them to. Right. They knew it was coming because Jesus had already told them in Matthew chapter five, when you live this way, you're going to receive opposition the world is not going to see the same way that you see and I, and I know it's really kind of easier to say in the church setting but once we get out in the world it, it is difficult and it is hard right and I, I know the students are meeting in the back but the students in the room and uh, even adults as we head to work right persecution's real I could lose my job I remember I was teaching in the fourth grade and uh, I just really felt led that God wanted me to start bringing my Bible and just setting it on my desk which you probably wouldn't fly today. This was almost 10, 12, 15 years. Anyway, but um, it, I was sitting on my desk and kids started coming in and they saw the Bible on my desk. And so they started bringing their Bibles in. They're like, oh, I want to read it during uh, reading time. And so they're reading and we're starting talking about the Bible and all of these different things. And I remember calling, um, I, there was a guy who was real close to and I was like, you know, this is happening. I don't know what the kids are doing, but I, I think I might get in trouble. I'm not sure, but these kids are talking about the Bible. I'm just going to keep talking to them about it, right? And all of these things and begin to wrestle with that. But I remember thinking, oh, I could lose my job, right? Like this is real. This is what it looks like. And, and because it's a real thing that you and I, but God is saying, I want you to trust me. And this world is not your home. And I, and I just want to end with this because I want to end with the promises on these two last Beatitudes because they are powerful and they are reassuring. And it says this, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Can I just say because of righteousness, not because of our own crazy mistakes, right? Like because I because I didn't want to do it or, you know, those things. And they're like, oh, God, I'm this person. You should know you were just being really mean, right? Like Whatever it may be like, no, because of righteousness, he says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God is saying, great is your reward when you get to heaven. And then this right here, this is so good. And I'm going to try not to get emotional. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they will be called children of God. And that's a, oh, that's a beautiful thing. Because you and I know when we place our faith in Christ, we become children of God. So he's not talking about this is a, a marker that in order for me to receive salvation. What he's saying here is, is you ever had someone in, in that was close to you that you poured into, that you invested in, and then you watched their life and they took what you gave them and they ran with it and they're, they're just excelling in it and they're doing so good. And you look at them like, ah, oh, yes, that's them. Yeah, they took it, right? It's like God looking down from heaven when you and I stand in the gap as peacemakers, right? As the goal of peace, a ministry of reconciliation, as ambassadors of Christ. It's like God leans in and goes, yes, that's my child. That's my son. That's my angel. Come here. Come here. Look, there's Bunny. Message of reconciliation right there. Look, look, look. Do you see how they just crossed the living room to, to work through that conflict with their spouse? Like, come here. Look, look. That's my son. That's my daughter, right? Like, they will be called children of God, right? And then the world around us 
we work through this ministry of reconciliation, people look around like, you must, are you a Christian? Like, wait, like, what do you, like, most people would have left me to the wayside, right? Like, like what, what does this look like? And God is going, you must operate on a different system. You must be, they may not use this language, right? Like, you must know God. You must be a child of God because it becomes a marker of who God has called us to be. That the goal is peace. And it's this active approach of going, God's called us to be ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, right? And I love the moment where we begin to disciple people in Christ and we begin to teach them the ways of the kingdom, right? And and we have to renew our minds. We have to learn a whole new way of life. We're now a new creation in Christ. It begins to teach us in this. That's why discipleship is so important because we realize, oh, this is not good, but this is good. And God tells us what is good. And this is how we connect with people around us. And we're reconciling people to God. Every step of the way, and it's not just the moment of evangelism, but it's even in discipleship, right? This ongoing process of being peacemakers in Christ. And so as we get ready to close and and pray and ask God to speak to our hearts, I just want to take a moment because you may be looking at this and looking at being persecuted for Christ and looking at all the Beatitudes. And we may ask the question, God, how how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this every single day? How am I going to walk in all of these beatitudes? And it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. As God says, do not gratify the desires of the sinful nature, but walk by the desires of the Spirit in us. Walk by the Spirit. And God doesn't leave us on our own, but he says, stay connected to me. Remain in me and I will give you strength I will give you power I will give you grace I will give you mercy and this right here and I I told you I was going to close but I promise I'm going to close but this is right here look at this piece he says I'm going to find it stay with me it says all this comes from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation and that is in Christ was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them, entrusting us to the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, making his appeal through us. Making his appeal through us. God is making his appeal to the world through your life, through my life. He's saying, as an ambassador of Christ, I'm working through you, right? He's saying, you don't have to be the source of the power. You don't have to be the source of it. I'm going to work through you. I am. If you will remain in me and open up your life, open up your heart, I will give you the power to do it. I will give you the grace to do it. I will give you the mercy to do it. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? And now the first beatitude, when it talks about I need to empty myself, fully rely on God, by the time we get to the end of the beatitudes, we're like, yeah, That's me. I need that. God, I need to be. I need your power. I need your strength every single day to help me in that. Help me in your truth. Help me in your grace. And so I want to pray and just ask God to speak to our hearts. As we are ambassadors for Christ, we are peacemakers in the world around us. But I know it's hard and I know that it can be heavy at times. And it's not for the faint of heart, right? But God is saying it is a godly work. It is a holy work. And it is a ministry that we are called to, right?
and it's the ministry that God has given us strength through each and every day. So let's pray together. God, we love you so much. We love your word. We love your truth. God, we can't do this without you. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would bind the enemy in each and every life, God. God, we know the enemy wants to divide. He wants to cause trouble. He wants to cause division. He wants us to feel lonely and hurting and scared and fearful. God, but your word says that we do not, we do not receive the spirit of timidity, the spirit of fear, God, but we receive power self-control, God, through the Holy Spirit. I pray right now, God, that we would experience your grace, that your presence would just move in and through us, God, that we would feel your peace right now in this moment. I pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts, give us wisdom, that if there's any conflict that we need to uh, begin to reconcile, that you'll give us wisdom to do that. We'll help walk what Matthew 18 says, God, that we will be called peacemakers, that we step into the mess, God, because we know that you're going to help us slowly, piece by piece, peeling the onion layers back, God, that you will reveal those next steps to us, God. And I pray that you give supernatural strength right now for those who are in the middle of it, God. That they would feel your presence, God. Feel your grace and feel your mercy. Fill us. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.